This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. Today for our teaching time, we are going to go over the Genesis passage. Think about this. In Genesis 16... Abraham and Sarah were tired of waiting. They were waiting on God, and they'd been waiting on Him a long time, like 20-something years. And so Sarah gets the bright idea to help God out. And how, how many of us know that that's not a good idea, to try to help out God? So she gives her maid Hagar to Abraham as a wife, and they conceive a child through him, and his name is Ishmael. And to this day, the Israelites are still having issues with the descendants of Ishmael. We're not going to go there. Now, what's happening here is that in the next chapter in, verse, in chapter 17, God tells Abraham, Sarah is going to have a son. And here's what it, one of the key details because for all that time, Abraham had not been hearing from God. But then, suddenly, in Genesis 17, God speaks to Abraham and reminds him of the covenant promise. And then he tells Abraham that they're going to have a son. Now, keep in mind that Abraham is like 98 years old by this time. So, he's up there in years. But here's the key detail for us. When the silence breaks and God begins to speak and he reestablishes his connection, it's important for us to listen. Because during all that time when he's silent, what is God doing? He is trying to get us to grow up and learn to trust him and to follow the last instructions he gave us until we get a different set of orders. And, you know, for any of us in here who have military service, you know that what you do is you follow the last set of orders you were given until your superior gives you a new set of orders. And you don't have the latitude to go off and try to do something on your own. Although many of us tried it. And it, it didn't work. Now, then the Lord appeared. Well, let me go back one second. In Genesis 17, God tells Abraham that they're going to name this son Isaac. Does anybody know what Isaac means? Laughter. And so I think there's a little bit of tongue-in-cheek from the Lord through all of this by saying, hey, I'm going to prove I can do this. And you will do just fine when it happens. And not only that, when it happens, you're going to be laughing, which is why they said, name him Isaac. Now, here we go on. The Lord appeared to Abraham, and he appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. Now, he looks up, and he sees three guys standing there. 
Now, this is unusual because, one, it's in the heat of the day, and most of the time in that region, nobody went running around in the middle of the day. What's that saying that used to apply to the British in India? Only mad dogs and Englishmen go out in the midday sun? Well, that's the truth there, too. Only crazy people went out in the heat of the day. So Abram, Abraham is staring at these three guys, and he says to himself, Self, this is obviously important, because these guys wouldn't be here unless it was. So he runs, and he greets them, and he kneels down to them and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if you have now found favor, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. And after that, you may pass by inasmuch as you have come to your servant. And they said, do as you said. Now, Abraham gives them the official greeting. And in the Middle East, hospitality is still the custom of the day. When you have visitors, you're supposed to show hospitality. And so that's what Abraham was doing, because at this point in that, he wasn't quite sure who these guys were, even though he knew they had to have been important. But he wasn't quite sure yet. Now, so he goes down, he bows down, and then, my Lord. In this case, the word Lord is just the polite word for other people. And he says, your servant, because that's the polite way to do it. He doesn't yet know that one of those chaps is Jesus yet. Now, he goes and he tells Sarah to get some meal, prepare some cakes, and he goes to the stall, and he picks out a calf from the herd, and tells the man to get it ready, and to prepare it, and to cook it. And so, think about this. That probably took quite a while. So can you imagine what Abraham might have been doing with these, and the conversation they might have been having, he might have been having with those three guys for all of this time. Because any of us who have cooked a lot of stuff know who's, that if you do it right and you're doing a fancy dinner, it takes time. I remember when I was doing the Red Wall Feast with my fourth grade class, and I don't know who was having more fun, the kids or me, but anyway, we went into the kitchen at 8.30 in the morning. And so we peeled the carrots, they peeled the potatoes, we shelled the peas, we mixed up the batter, and we did everything from scratch using the best ingredients I could get. And so this vegetable soup, we had the peas and the carrots and the corn, and yeah, we had ears of corn, and we took it and we shaved the, shaved the grain off the cob, and all this took time. And, but it turned out to be worth it because the food was really good. But we also had to set up the tables. And mind you, we're all wearing our mouse outfits at this time. And I don't know who looked more silly, me or the kids, because I had my mouse ears and the, the brown alb. 
And since I was playing the chef in the book Redwall, Friar Hugo, he was, it says over and over and over again that he was really fat. So I had one of these fat cushions on and pulled it down over that. And I looked totally stupid. But it was fun. But it took time. This is the point. And so it was done. They finally served the meal. And listen to what it is. They had butter and milk and the calf which he had prepared and then the cakes that Sarah had made and they set it before them and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. So Abraham here is playing waiter. And so he's standing there with them and he said, now keep in mind that and the, that is because the text then indicates that this is the Lord speaking. Where is Sarah, your wife? And so he said, uh, here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Now this is the first inkling that they get that this is Jesus and two angels that are there because he's repeating the same promise that the Lord gave to Abraham in chapter 17. And then again, like we said earlier, they said, name this boy Isaac, meaning laughter. And here's the other hint that they knew finally that that was the Lord Jesus with them is because Sarah laughs within herself. I mean, she's 90 years old. Think about that. A 90-year-old woman getting ready to have a baby. That by itself was unique, but it also indicated there's something awesome going on here. So she laughs. How? No, 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 no. This can't be right. I, I'm not, I can't have a baby. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm 90 so she chuckles in herself. And then the guest says, Why did Sarah laugh? And she denied it because she'd finally figured out this was the Lord. And it says she was scared. But God gives them something that is an incredible promise. The Lord says to them, and this is something we can hang on to as a promise for us too, is anything too hard for the Lord? Right. Is anything too hard for the Lord? We can hold on to that because we know that it's true. Nothing is impossible with God. All things are possible with the Lord. And we get reminded of that all through the scriptures, all the way up until Elizabeth, who is also another older woman who is told by an angel through her husband, Zacharias, that she's going to have a baby. And she's like 70-something. But think about this. God's deliverance usually comes through babies. Have you ever thought about that? Isaac and Samson, although there's some other issues with him. And then David is a kid 
and then Jesus. God loves to use babies. And the reason is that God is a God of new life. And He wants to render us to having a new life in Him. Now, again, Sarah denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. And then my text has an exclamation point there. No, but you did laugh. And that's when they really knew that that was the Lord standing there with them. So, yes, it was a what they call in a brilliant theological term, a theophany, which means sort of something like a movie trailer. An early appearance, a sneak preview of Jesus appearing on the scene. And he did that several times throughout the Old Testament, but he does here. And so what we can know is that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. So if we're stuck and ever in the place where we need God to intervene dramatically and amazingly and miraculously, probably, we can know that if we cry out, he hears and he answers because nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.Podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, Care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living. Mm -hmm.